7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, uh, Greg. And Joe, how's that Comrades Marathon story there? Uh, three people uh, basically being found guilty of cheating the Comrades and the Comrades Marathon saying that uh, they're not going to release their names, but their federations and their running clubs have been notified and they've been banned for two to five years. Exactly what they deserve. Anyway, um, thanks again, Greg. A very good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on SAFM uh, Spot On. I am Tabiso Musia. Katla Mudiba is producing the show and Sylvester Komane is our technical producer. As promised uh, this week, tonight we will have a conversation with Cricket SACO, Mr. Tabang Morua, just about the state of cricket in the country. There is a lot to discuss. The coaching job at the Proteas, the obvious one, of course. Uh, the director of cricket role for Cricket SA, uh, Graham Smith's withdrawal, first-class cricket and the proposed change to the, to the domestic structure the Mzansi Super League which is underway, transformation so much to talk about and they also released and made public their integrated report uh, for the year ending in April 2019, I only saw it this afternoon but I had a quick breeze through it and we will touch on that too with the CEO Mr. Tabang Moro, especially the finances uh, and we'll get an idea from him whether are they satisfactory are they good, are they concerning but we'll get a better understanding as I said from the CEO on whether there is a reason to panic or not. We'll also have a conversation tonight with our man, Brad Binder. He did it again. He won in Valencia this past weekend, three in a row, and is ending his MotoGP2 career on a high as he heads to MotoGP next year where he's going to compete with the big boys. He finished second overall, and what an incredible season it's been from for Brad Binder. And he's been kind enough uh, to speak to us here on SAFM and has agreed to speak to us again uh, this evening. I think he is joining us all the way from Jerez. Uh, that's where he's been doing testing uh, this week. So looking forward to that one with Brett Binder. If you have words of encouragement for Brett Binder or anything you would like to say to him, I saw the reaction on social media when he won. Really, South Africans uh, were getting behind him. They were chuffed and excited to see him doing so well, especially in the manner uh, that he won their overtaking in the final lap. So please Please give us a call or send us a WhatsApp voice note. Let's let Brett Binder know how much we recognize and appreciate his efforts. And you can send those voice notes on WhatsApp to 61 107 If you prefer to call us, you can call us on 891 107 And our SMS number is 41391. We are also on social media using the hashtag SAFM Spot On. And once again, that number for WhatsApp uh, some people say I read it too fast sometimes. It is 0614104107. That is the number for the WhatsApp voice notes. And uh, by the way, there is a cricket game um, on the go. Uh, the Mzansi Super League, it is uh, uh, obviously underway. There's a match between the Deben Heat and the Twan Spartans taking place in the Centurion with the Twan Spartans betting first after the Deben Heat won the toss. And um, just trying to... F- find out where did they finish on i think it was 180 odd at uh, the last time i checked but i'll check the score for you and i will give you an update on that match between uh, the twine spartans as well as the Deben hit lots of big stars taking part in that one ab de Villiers is there for the twine spartans dean alga um he had a half, half century the last time i checked the scores uh hundred classen is there lungisani ngidi vian mulder all for the spartans and the heat have alex hales they've got ravi popara they've got um keshav maharaj andele petlugwayo and malusi suboto so it's a really a star-studded uh competition uh this amzanzi super league so we'll give you an update on what is happening there um 
time in Centurion. But after the break, we are going to speak to Cricket SAC or Mr. Tabang Moro. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. And, um, okay, I've got an update from the cricket now. It says that play will resume at 7.15 SA time. Their match has been reduced to 16 overs a side. And uh, that means that the Tswana Spartans have 14 more balls to face in their innings. They are 124 for three after 13 overs. Uh, Dean Alga on 52 and uh, Pite Van Billion on not. So that is the latest there. It is uh, raining in Centurion. But let's uh, continue talking cricket now. And uh, we are joined on the line by the CEO of SA a Cricket. It's been a while since we caught up with him. And as you can imagine, as I mentioned, there is a lot uh, to talk about. And Mr. Tavang Moro joins us on the line. CEO, good evening, sir. Thanks again for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening, Toby, so and your listeners, and uh, thank you for having me. If somebody had to just read the media reports, I mean, you seem like you're public enemy number one here with the cricket media. What What do you make of this reporting that sometimes for me seems to be going overboard and is bordering on being personal? Uh, you know, Toby, so it's a valid point uh, or valid question rather that you ask, and uh, it's it's rather interesting that uh, you have you know so many articles been written on the organization and myself without any um you know um affordance given to us to respond to the allegations being made um you know and to try and even correct um you know some of what they call facts that they've written so if you notice all the articles i mean and this is not uh, anything new, you know. Uh, mm. This has been ongoing uh, since uh, last year. Um, no comment is ever asked of uh, Cricket South Africa. Um, and even even, even at that, you know, sometimes these journalists will even write the fact that they couldn't reach CSA for comment. Mm. We've never, ever not been available for, for, for comment. Um, you know, we are, we are a public company, um, one that has, um, you know, very high... Uh, level of interest in terms of um, you know South Africans, uh, the broader community of South Africa. So we we are responsible to to the entire country. So there's no ways we could never avail ourselves or any comment when it comes to matters that concern the public and how we administrate the sport that they love. Well, they're painting a picture of uh, it being all doom and gloom. Do you think what we're reading um, about the state of SA cricket is a true reflection? It's definitely not. Um, you know, it's funny how um, we, we even tried to, you know, sit with the same journalists to say, here are our audited financials, um, you know, um, and um, these have been signed off by a reputable company in PwC. Uh, we've got reputable people sitting on our board with, uh, you know, excellent, um, you know, skills. Uh, in terms of being able to read and review finances that management would put on their table. And everybody is saying this from the same hymn sheet in terms of where Cricket South Africa's going concern is. But you will notice that, um, you know, in every article written about us, we are an organization that's, uh, you know, bankrupt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to say that, you know, although, then, although we have, um, you know, a high level of expenditure given our broad, uh, you know, amateur base, uh, we spend quite a lot of money on amateur cricket. Um, we are still very healthy financially. Um, you know, uh, we, we still have uh, more than 500 million cash, you know, in terms of uh, reserves. And uh, we, we, we're doing well as an organization. Yes, uh, times are tough uh, from a sponsorship front. 
but we're working very hard with the team uh, to make sure that we can replace the sponsorships that, that we've lost. But, you know, um, everything that's currently happening, you know, to Cricket South Africa, as far as the financial side of the game is concerned, is happening to every other member at ICC level. Um, you know, things are not um, as easy for, to, for the ECD. Things are not as easy for uh, the DCCI, although they have more money than obviously the rest of us. Yeah. But even, you know, with a lucrative competition like the IPL, not all of their products are sold. So they've been struggling as well for some years to sell off some of their products. And, you know, when you look at the IPL and you look at the amount of money that comes into the IPL, you would think that everything's been sold. Um, you know, you look at um, outside of cricket, you look at the English Premier League. You know, the English Premier League has been struggling for, 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 for commercials for the past four years. So things are definitely not easy on the on the on the commercial side when it comes to sports. And you know, with the economy being tight and, and um, you know, governments around the world uh viewing sports differently, uh, you know, um things things are becoming tighter for us and we have to be innovative in terms of how we get companies to come in and support us and how we can uh, you know, continue to get the little support that we continue to receive from government. So really, we are not a unique case, um, but uh, we're being singled out, unfairly so. Um, you know, we accept it. Uh, we choose not to fight, uh, you know, a, a dirty uh, a fight uh, with these guys in the public space. We've never been like that as, as Cricket South Africa. So we've been fairly quiet and, um, you know, focusing on what needs to be done because we don't want to lose focus on what needs to, to be done by us as the administrative team of Cricket South Africa. Mm. And I did have a quick look at that integrated uh, report. It is available. It is public. It's up on the website. And um, you do say that you recorded a budgeted loss of, uh, uh, well, a consultation consolidated net loss of 200 million against a budgeted net loss of 222 million what's the cause of the loss so so the cause of the loss is essentially because of the year that we in mm-hmm. so if we if, so how we how we work on our budget is that we work on a four-year cycle and this four-year cycle coincides with uh, world cup periods um, and then these World Cup cycles, we, we, we essentially club the four years together because in these four years you have two good years and two bad years from the finance point of view. And in some cases, which, which really happens, but in some cases you have three bad years in a cycle and one very good year. So the good year will come with Cricket South Africa having to host countries like India, England and Australia. And then the bad years come when we host you know the lesser uh, uh, the lesser viable commercial teams. So uh, last year we had the Pakistan's, we had the Sri Lankas mm. of this world. So they're not really lucrative for broadcasters, and they're not lucrative uh, for for our commercial partners. So they don't draw as much commercial value as these other guys would. So those would be our bad years commercially, so to speak. So we club them together because. As I said, we've got a very broad amateur structure. We spend between um, 500 to about 800 million rands a year on cricket. So we cannot say because this is a bad year where we're possibly going to make, let's say, net profits of about 400 million. We're not going to now spend on amateur cricket. We have to continue spending on amateur cricket. But for us to do so, the money that we continue to spend on a year-to-year basis, we have to club the losses 
and the profits together so that the good years balance out the bad years. So that's why last year we had such a bad year, um, you know, commercially, so to speak. So this is something that's been happening since day one. It's nothing new, as I said. Mm. And and then there also seems to be a huge crop of revenue from 2018 to 2019, from 1.5 billion to 900. Does it talk to what you were saying that maybe some of the teams that came that came here were less attractive and uh, people didn't want to put money? Yes, but also um, you know that that huge drop uh, is also attributed to the fact that we as Cricket South Africa had administratively decided that we're going to increase the profile of semi-professional cricket. So uh, this is now the one level below franchise cricket. Mm-hmm. We, we we increased the number of contracts that we were given to each uh, semi-professional team. We also increased the values of these contracts. So that became a huge burden as far as our expenses are concerned. And then secondly, a big chunk of that, which is about 200-odd million, uh, is attributed to the fact that we, um, you know, postponed the GLT20. So that's the mm-hmm. defunct league that we tried to launch yeah. in, 20, in, in, in 2017. So, so because of the money that we had already committed to that league, and, and, and obviously having to, to pay out players, you would remember that once we called off that league, players demanded mm-hmm. their money saying it wasn't their problem that this league got cancelled and so forth. So we honoured our contracts with players. We said, we understand, here are your monies. Although we're not going to pay the full amount of your contract, we negotiated with players in terms of how to pay them. And then obviously uh, some of those um, uh, expenses in terms of the money that belonged to players, we carried over to 2018. So in last year's edition of Umzanti League, we, we still were paying salaries of the GLT20. So really, as I said, there is specific reason why these things happened. But I can assure you right now, it's not because of what you see in the media. Okay, for those who've just joined us, we're catching up with the CEO at Cricket SA, Mr. Tabang Moro. We're just going through the integrated report that is public. You can have a look at it on the cricket.co.za website. And uh, we just wanted to get some clarity on one or two points. And then we'll also talk about uh, the matters that everybody's sending us voice notes about, about uh, the director of cricket, about the uh, new team director of the protest. So we'll get to that after the break. Leading sport stories of the day. On SAFM. CEO, just before the break, you were explaining to us the drop in in, in, in revenue and why it's fluctuating so much then. Um, uh, what plans are there then in place then uh, to try and attract revenue and to source to source revenue, obviously? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we, as I said, we're working very hard to replace uh, the sponsors that we have lost. Uh, in fact, we are currently in, you know, contractual stages with some of the corporate companies that uh, we've been negotiating with for the past uh, couple of months. Uh, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, within uh, next week or, uh, or the week after, we will be in a position where we can announce the partners that we bring on to cricket. Uh, we've also set ourselves a very ambitious target in terms of making sure that, you know, as I said, with these projected losses going all the way to uh, 2020, uh, 2023, uh, which is uh, the, the much spoken about uh, Project 654 million, that we at least reach a break-even point so we don't, uh, you know, even lose a million, so to speak. I mean, uh, we've cut we've cut a very lot, uh, a lot operationally. We've cut all the fat that we can. 
uh, we've made significant savings in terms of uh, our expenses. Uh, but you know, in terms of the committed expenses, that's where that's where we are hurting because the revenue that we that we'd like to see coming hasn't come in. Uh, but we also need to review some of the products that we have and see how we better place them um, in the in the in the commercial market, so to speak. The, this would be now both on the corporate side as well as on the broadcaster side to make sure that at least we can um, you know attract um, you know from some some handsome values for our various products. Also, we also have to take into account the fact that we are growing women's cricket, mm. and at the moment, women's cricket is really not attacking as much uh, commercial revenues as we'd like to see. This is, again, another worldwide uh, phenomenon, and not only happening in cricket, but happening in all uh, you know, uh, team-based female sports. Uh, but we continue to work hard to try and uh, find ways in which we can uh, essentially you know, be able to cushion all these losses. Domestic cricket uh, is, is um, you know, takes a huge chunk out of our, our, our balances of cricket South Africa, and we're trying to find better ways in which we can uh, derive some uh, commercial value out of it, even though we might not be at break-even in terms of delivering all our products. But at least if we can, you know, reach some um, 50% of, of our expenses to be able to recruit them through some... Uh, commercial programs, we would be happy. Uh, but as I said, we're working very hard, um, and that's also a reason why we've increased you know, our structures within the organization, because you can't have such a huge uh, organization like Cricket South Africa running such big programs, spending so much money, but only having one individual essentially selling on behalf of the company. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's just too much for this uh, individual, because not only do they have to sell, but they also have to manage the relationships of our current sponsors. So really, you know, instead of being out there in the road selling, this individual would more often be sitting with key stakeholders, you know, uh, and and then amending our relationships, so to speak, and ensuring that the partners that we currently have, uh, as far as our books are concerned, continue to be happy with how we are servicing them as Cricket South Africa. So it's, it's really too much work to do for one individual. So that's another reason why we've, increased our headcount so that to make sure that we at least bolster the guys who are working in the commercial space to at least, you know, be able to have, um, you know, a team working on sales and have more than one person looking at, um, you know, such huge products, so to speak. And the restructuring of the domestic game from uh, basically six franchises to 12, is that also part of the ways uh, to try and explore these revenue sources? And are you still going ahead with that? Correct it is, but it's also an opportunity to broaden cricket. You, 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 you. So, so what's happening is that at the moment we have six franchise teams, and these six franchise teams, yes, they tend to share, um, you know, uh, their home base in terms of where they play their matches. You will see the Titans sometimes playing in Super Sports Centurion, and at times playing in. Um, in uh, uh, in Benoni, mm. and you'll see the Lions playing here at the Wonders, mm, and Poch. the Lions playing in in Poch. So, but that that's not that's not working enough for these stadiums because ultimately at the end of the day we have to maintain all these stadiums of cricket South Africa, and to maintain these stadiums you need to have content in the stadium. You know, um, I'm sure you know most South Africans would have seen that um, you know football was also under the same stress in terms mm. of attracting revenue to maintain stadiums post-2010 because you need content to keep the stadium viable, to keep the stadium going, um, not only just to maintain it and keep it where it is, but to also, you know, 
be able to pay salaries for the people that are maintaining it. So, so the lesser content you have, the lesser amount of revenue you will attract compared to other stadiums. That's why, um, you know, we'll always be talking about the big five or the big six stadiums, the Wanderers of this world, the Centurions, the Devons, the Cape Towns, and so forth. You know, but when you look at the other stadiums like your Bloemfontein, your Poch, your Poch Stadium, uh, your Diamond Oval in Kimberley, they're not as commercially viable as these ones, and it's purely because they don't have as much content as the big stadiums do. And at that, even when we play the national team, which obviously are the big draw cards in terms of crowd pulling and commercial values when the Proteus play, they hardly play in these small stadiums. So it becomes a burdensome, um, you know, expense on our on our on our on our on our, on our balance sheet as cricket South Africa, and we have to find a way to 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 to, to upkeep these. So broadening our teams from six to twelve is one trying to help our members to bring more commercial value to their stadiums. Two is to give more opportunities to cricketers. Um, so at the moment. You know, we keep talking about broadening the base, broadening the base. Let's make sure that our talent pipeline uh, keeps pumping so that, you know, when we have injuries in the national team, when we have people retiring, we've got almost a like-for-like player, so to speak, ready to, 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 to jump in and replace them. Obviously, there are some names that are hard to replace and you cannot replace them, you know, at a go in terms of the talent that they possess. But at that, you cannot not... Um, you know, try and broaden your base in, in, in trying to, 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 to provide answers to, to such questions of broadening the base and what happens when, you know, the likes of the ABs, the national team, the the the, the Dale Stains of this team, of this world, the Hashim Amlas, these are big names we're talking about and you can't just replace these names overnight. And at that, you also have to look at their history as well in terms of where they were when they started, their performances when they started compared to where they are now you know, post-retiring. Mm. So we need time to, to, to essentially work on our structures and make sure that we've got the talent that we need and, um, you know, the national team is properly serviced, you know, from a pipeline point of view. So one of the problems that we have is that club cricket is, is, is essentially dying. It's a dying part of cricket in this country. And club cricket, you know, we, we, we place it at such... Um, you know, uh, a high pedestal because of what it teaches to, 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 to young cricketers. How most of us grew up playing cricket, you know, was playing with professional cricketers in club cricket, and they taught us a lot. These days, you don't have that because all these franchise players are so busy. And at that, there isn't uh, a lot of them to go around and play in, you know, various club teams that you have. And that's why you see club cricket dying because younger players are not finding it attractive to go play in a club that has. Um, you know, with all due respect, um, you know, uh, nobody's Joe Soaps of this world playing in there. But as soon as, uh, you know, a club attracts uh, a player like a Dale Stein or a Hatimamla or Gahuso Rabada, then you've got young players wanting to affiliate to that club. So that's part of why we need to grow to 12 teams and to help club cricketers have line of sight as well. Because we've got some talented club cricketers who are not getting opportunity to play uh, franchise cricket or professional cricket, if I may put it that way. So broadening the base is an opportunity to give cricketers an opportunity to play professional cricket, which is, again, broadening, um, you know, the talent pipeline. Mm. As that, we'll be increasing the number of professional cricketers uh, that we have in the country. 
On that note, then, CEO, I'm sorry to come in. Before I go to Kolani from Rustenbeck and the voice notes, if the restructuring, like you're saying, is good for South African cricket or you think it will be good for South African cricket, uh, what's your understanding then on why the South African Cricketers Association is taking you to court and they want this decision to be reviewed and set aside? So, I mean, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's their, their stance is pretty uh, clear and, and simple. They are just to say that they feel they weren't consulted enough in terms of, uh, you know, the decision that was made. On our end, um, we are saying we have consulted enough, and at the end of the day, the decision to restructure cricket still lies with our shareholders. It does not lie with any other member or any other party. It lies with our shareholders, and, you know, all 14... Um, you know, shareholders, uh, so out of 14 shareholders, we had 13 that, that um, you know, voted for these changes with one abstaining. And at that, they were abstaining because they hadn't lobbied enough in their own backyard, their, their, their backyard to essentially say why we are expanding to, so, to 14. So it wasn't to say, uh, to 12, rather, it wasn't to say that they were against it. They only abstained because they hadn't obtained the mandate that they needed to vote for the change in structure. But out of 14 uh, members, you had 13 that decided this is what we want, this is the way to go. And on our end, as management, once shareholders make a decision like this, ours is to execute. So it's not a decision that was taken by Tabang, you know, uh, unilaterally to say, I've just had an epiphany now. I'm going to change uh, franchise cricket from six teams to 12 teams. Um, you know, it was it was a well-thought-out thought decision that's been in the pipeline since 2013, and we've got documentation to prove that this has been in discussion since 2013. And since 2013, we've all agreed that, yes, at some point we are going to increase teams. So it's rather, you know, peculiar to see the stance that's been taken right now. But as I said... You know, um, there's, there's more to it than, than, than meets the eye. One of the problems that we're trying to address with Cricket South Africa is the issue of, uh, you know, black cricketers. Yes. And I'm talking, and I'm talking black cricketers being, being, being general. You mm. know, so look at the fact that we've got six teams right now. Mm. And we have, you know, a, 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 a transformation or a target policy that says play a minimum of, you know, uh, uh, five black cricketers per, per team. So that on its own is not helping us in terms of broadening the pool. So we, we are pretty aggressive in terms of growing this pool in the amateur structures. So that would be from school cricket to provincial cricket um, to, you know, club cricket um, and, and, and semi-professional cricket. But now you have this pool of these black players. Now, once they are ready to go one up, where do they go? Mm. So that is part of the problem, which is not being addressed. And it's not being spoken about. It's the white elephant in the room, so to speak. We need to give more opportunity to black players so that when black players get called up into the national team, then they themselves can also punch, you know, uh, above their own weight, so to speak, and, and, and be the JP Dominis of this world, the Hashim Amlas of this world, the Kansasura Badas, and the Angel Peshawars. You get me? What we are yes. trying to do here as Cricket South Africa is to make sure that Players are ready, you know, to, to, as I said, to punch at that level when they get called up into the national team. But unless we do so, we're always going to have players who struggle to acclimatize, you know, to that level. And these players will be ridiculed by the same people, again, in the media and in the corners of society, calling them quota players. So when we're trying to come with a solution 
to address this problem than we're being irresponsible, we're being dictators as an organization. So it's really, you know, catch-22, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, we damned if we do, damned if we don't. And I actually saw in that integrated report you had a section about black African batsmen and the development of black African batsmen, which I thought, which I thought was quite interesting. And people can go on the website and read it from the, for themselves. But I have to acknowledge the calls. Kolani, thanks for holding on in Rustenberg. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Um, so my name is Kolana Wamkel Um I'm from a small village in, in Rustenburg called, called Momo. Um, so I'm, 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 I, I've been witnessing for quite some time the schools in my village are closing and students having to commute, they understand, to commute to better schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story of, of, of Mabimbi and Kolisi mm-hmm. and how to be recognized as a sports player um, or even in any academic sense it has to either be by mistake or coincidence or by you ending up somehow in a in a school with a buzzery because somebody saw you. Mm-hmm. So then I was thinking, um, I wanted to divide, I wanted to use uh, cricket, rugby, and football as the three most supported sports in South Africa and divide them into phases. Um, and in these phases, we are able to create matches. Uh, for instance, we say... Um, the the, 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 the the matches that draw the most people, which is, for instance, in football, you have Kaiser Chiefs and, and Pirates. Um, and, and, and you create these matches on a day where football would be a phase of ensuring that we have sports grounds in these disadvantaged schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and phase two as a rugby would be... Mm-hmm. Really and what's your question to the CEO? Because we've got a lot of uh, voice notes. Oh, okay. Um, so then I wanted to know, because I've been trying a lot of foundations and none of them have, got, have gotten back to me. I want to know if it's possible that Cricket South Africa can help me um, head up the project, um, discuss what the, 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 the role play is, if it's possible that we, we, we can carry it forth. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of rumors about uh, funding sports and that, that, that might be a problem. So I wanted to know if... Um, if it is true, but mm-hmm. the, the, as, as, as the CEO has said, it's not true. Um, can then can they help me? What, do they have a budget um, to dedicate to, to to social projects as such? Okay, thanks for that, uh, Kolani. CEO, I know you've got cricket cricket hubs around the townships. How do you respond to that? Yeah, so I mean, you know that 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 doesn't own terms with the perfect answer. We've got hubs, we've got RPCs, we've got clubs. Mm-hmm. So what I would say to Kolani is that he needs to be part of our structures because as Cricket South Africa, we, we, we have formalized our approach in terms of grassroots cricket or development cricket, if we put it that way. So we don't just go and find anyone. We find provinces, you know, so, so we would go to Northwest Cricket Union and say, here is the money that you need for professional and semi-professional cricket. And then they would then go, okay, in our structures, we've got these various villages, we've got these various uh, township teams and clubs that we need to look after, and these are the projects that they're currently working on, and this is how so this is how we're going to fund them. So that process is called activity-based funding. Mm-hmm. So you need to belong into a structure for you to be able to receive assistance, because if we don't, imagine how many um, informal uh, structures are going to mushroom, and how would we be able to measure what we're doing as Cricket South Africa? And at that, we won't be able to get to everybody. So the only way we can get to everybody is if everybody formalizes their approach and they belong to a certain structure. Okay, let's go to the voice note. Good evening, good evening, Tabo Musiya. You're talking to Elona from Command in Queenstown. Can you please ask Tabo? 
what is going on with cricket, with cricket SA? Why does not the coaches last in cricket, in cricket SA? Please, men can ask him, please. Because our cricket is suffering since ABT has left. What are they doing these days? Hi, Tabiso. Uh, this is Zico Smith all the way from Macau. Uh, Tabiso, please ask Mr. More, as from C- uh, Cricket South Africa, as the custodian of cricket in in the country. You know, I've been following them in the Super League this year and even from last year. You know, the commentary there is really bad, man. Like, you know, all you hear is one thing, good cricket shot. What is a good cricket shot? Starting from when did you have something called a good cricket shot? What happened to your cut, your leg drive, your hook, your pull? Those kind of things. No, no. All you are hearing is good cricket shot. Each and every shot is a good cricket shot. As the custodian of cricket, are they happy with what is being fed to the nation, to the viewers and the listeners? Are they happy about the, the commentary? Are they following it? Are they doing something or everything is fine the way it is? Thank you. Okay, thanks for that, Zico. You sound like Colin from Cape Town who also has the same um, uh, complaint. We'll just take an, another quick break and we'll let the CEO respond. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. Okay, now a lot of people know, want to know about the Proteas uh, uh, CEO. I can see the reaction on social media. There's been a lot of talk about the director of cricket role. How far is this process now and when do you expect to make an announcement? So um, we did uh, conduct interviews um, for, for this, pro- uh, for this um, uh, position. And, um, you know, you've seen some of the you know, reactions, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunate reactions as far as social media space is concerned. Uh, but um, we we had set ourselves, uh, you know, a deadline to communicate, um, you know, uh, on this position uh, tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. being Friday. So so tomorrow there will be something coming out of Cricket South Africa around this position. But what I want to urge the public is to say that this is a very important position that we've never had, you know, in cricket before. We've never had this position. Now. We want to try and get it as right as we possibly can. Obviously, there is no, uh, you know, silver bullet in terms of how you go about, um, you know, appointing a director of cricket because really there's not a lot of countries that have this position. And as I said, in South Africa, we'll be doing it for the first time. Now, and the individual that you need is not just a person who understands cricket, you know, from the playing side of, of, of things because you've got coaches for that. You know, you've got you've got people in the high performance for that. This person needs to also understand the administrative wing of the business. They need to understand, you know, the commercial wing of the business. So you're looking for, you know, in our cricketing terms here yeah, and all rounder, so to speak. This has to be, you know, a well rounded individual because they're going to take a lot of pressure coming not only from the public but also from the system in itself. And you need a level headed individual running you know, that, 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 uh, or occupying that space. So having said that, we are, we are still committing to the deadline of communicating tomorrow around this position. But also, as I said, the key thing is to say to the public that we want to try and get it right and add that. Should we not get to a point where we are happy to announce a name tomorrow? We as South Africa will communicate that, but with a view of going out to look for what we feel would be the best candidate 
Um, and uh, we will also try and cast our net as wide as we possibly can. We will also look at international uh, candidates um, so that we can, you know, satisfy ourselves. But as I said, the deadline we set for ourselves is tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll be, you know, um, you know, combining all heads and um, come up to a decision in terms of how do we move forward as far as this position is concerned. We understand the, the, the frustrations that, you know, the, 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 the public is essentially going through in terms of not seeing us filling this position and wanting to, you know, solidify positions as far as the national team is concerned. But as that, we do not want to just do things haphazardly for the sake of doing them and then two years down the line, three years down the line, we say, you know, we should have taken as much time as we need to do mm-hmm. these, uh, to, to, to appoint these people. So we want to make sure that we get it right. That's why we've got interim structures in place. Because we can't now come up with this new structure and then we are the ones again who say, we are going to fill these positions. Then we would have lied to the public. The most important person for us from an administrative uh, point of view is the director of cricket. And this director of cricket would look at the structures, look at our various teams and then say, these are the sort of personnel that I need in these various positions because this is the type of cricket I want to see South Africa playing. And this is how we're going to get to a point where Cricket South Africa wants to get, which is us ending up winning silverware as far as world events are concerned. You know, so losing one series or losing two series or even three at that is really not much of a problem for us because when it comes to series or bilateral cricket, we've been dominating. That hasn't changed any picture as far as our landscape is concerned. So we can, you know, put structures in place to make sure that we satisfy ourselves temporarily. But what's going to happen when you get to the world events and then we don't perform as well as you should again? Mm. On that note, it's it's no secret that Graham Smith was interviewed. I mean, firstly, how do you describe the interview? Are you surprised that he took to social media to vent his frustrations? And he also says that he felt that he won't be able to have the freedom he requires. And in your understanding, what do you you think he means by that? Um, So so I'm yet to, you know, um, sit with Graham and get an understanding of where uh, his thinking is around the, the, the post that he made on social media. Uh, but at that, you know, I want to, as I said, afford him that opportunity for us to sit across the table and, you know, and, and discuss exactly where his thinking is. Because um, what he's correctly pointed out is that he and I have been talking around this position for quite some time. You know, so I want to also now afford him an opportunity and not, you know, respond to the post that he made on social media on the public platform. Mm. I, I first one would like to sit with him to give him an opportunity to, to um, you know, uh, to state his, um, you know, his case and so that I can be also able to interrogate him, to allow him to interrogate me. And then we can communicate and say, you know, this is why things happened the way they did. But at the moment, I don't want to, you know, address the grand matter publicly before I sit with him. So what does this mean then for the team director role, basically the coach of the Proteas? Because you might or might not announce a name tomorrow. England will be here in less than uh, five weeks. Does it mean Enoch continues or do we wait for the announcement to see what happens? So, so you know, should we not be able to be in a position of appointing a director of cricket? Then Enoch would have to, will have to continue for us as, as the interim team director. And we will have to sit with him and see how do we bolster um, you know, uh, the support around him, um, you know, in terms of the personnel that he wants to work with or he would want to work with, so to speak. But again, 
should we be in a position to announce the director of cricket? The director of cricket will, will work with me in terms of me supporting them to work as quickly as we can to make sure that we at least try and permanence, you know, the positions around the national team. So one really cannot say much outside of what I've just said in terms of the position of the director of cricket as well as the team director. But I really understand the frustrations that, um, you know, are being shared by the public here. And, you know, to a certain extent, I'm also frustrated because I would like to close this chapter and move on, focus on other things. Mm. But unfortunately, things sometimes don't go as you plan them. And, you know, when that happens, you have to deal with the cards that are, you know, being dealt in front of you. And you have to find ways to sort of cushion the blows, if I may put it that way, when it comes to matters like these. We've got two minutes left. There was a question about the commentary on the Mzansi Super League. And also overall, I've seen there have been concerns about the poor attendances. Are you concerned about that? And are you worried about the commentary? So as far as the commentary is concerned, no, we're not, we're not um, worried as Cricket South Africa, to be honest. And um, I think, you know, when, when, where the difficulty comes here, that is that when people look at Mzansi Super League, they look at it, and most people at that, they look at it as avid cricket supporters, and they say, this is the standard that I'm used to, and I'm used to things being done in a certain way. We have purposely played Mzansi Super League where it is right now because, as I said, we want to open the sport to the public. And we need to accept the fact that majority of our public being black people, have not had access to cricket. They don't know the sport of cricket because they don't see it on TV. The only time people have been able to see cricket on TV is when the protests play. But what good does it do for you, you know, for a little kid who's who's seven years old, watching the protests play for the first time, and he doesn't even know these people that are playing on TV. He doesn't even know the sport. So, you know, a commentator can mention that, you know, this is a lovely pull shot, as the gentleman has put it, or cover driver, whichever shot it is. But it really means nothing to a person who's never watched the sport before. We have purposely placed the sport here so that we can grow this brand and allow the brand to grow with our people as well. There's a reason why, you know, soccer attracts more crowds than any other, you know, sport in this country. So we want to try and play in that space so that we have people filling our stadiums. We cannot continue catering for, you know, one specific corner of the community. We want to cater for everybody, you know. And when you, when you come to the, the, the question of crowd... Okay, just hold that thought because I don't want you to get cut off. I want to pay the last bill and then we'll give you time to answer that because that's the one that's been doing sure. the rounds on social media just about the, the, the attendances. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musiya on Twitter. And we're going to come to Brad Binder shortly. He's already on the line, but I'll let the CEO answer that one about the crowd CEO because the players are there, the teams are started, but uh, people are saying the seats are empty. Yes, uh, so so that is, um, you know, a serious concern for us, but it's a serious concern for, for, for sports in general and in South Africa. As I said, the economy is tight. But, um, you know, more importantly, when it comes to our sport as well, you know, access, as I said, has never been a thing that we've afforded to, you know, the broader community of South Africa. So look at where our stadiums are placed, uh, you know, and it will correlate with, you know, the number of spectators you see in the stadiums because with every match that uh, Paul Rocks plays at home, yeah. their stadium is full. Mm. And their stadium is placed in a township. So that tells you, about you know the hunger that people have to come and support uh, this 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 product, but as I said, access is an issue. Not everybody has a car to be able to drive 
to the stadium and still afford to come back, you know, as late as some of our matches finish. So there, there's a whole number of issues that factor into why, um, you know, the crowds are not where we would like to see them uh, be. Um, another thing is we, we, we're also cognizant of the fact that this is around exam time. So we, we hope we are anticipating our numbers to start improving from uh, next week uh, because most people are, you know, most so to speak, are finishing, um, you know, writing exams. And this product is for, for, for such people, so to speak. Okay, so oh, thank you for that uh, um, insightful interview. I think we got a lot um, out there uh, that people wanted to know. And uh, thank you for the clarity. We look forward then to the announcement uh, tomorrow about the director of cricket role, uh, whether a name will be announced or not. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, tomorrow. But if not, then Inokungwe continues because the director of cricket needs to appoint the team director, which will be the coach of the Proteas. But Thank you, CEO, for speaking to us. We have to now go all the way to Spain. That's where we find Bread Binda caused a lot of excitement on South African Twitter this past weekend. Bread, good evening. Thanks again for speaking to us on SAFM. Hi there. Thanks for having me on the show. Great season, Bread. Finishing second. How do you look back at the year that's been? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, to start off with, the year was incredibly difficult. Things didn't go our way. I was but uh, the second half of the season, we were really, really strong. Uh, we were on the almost all the races. And uh, to finish off the season with three victories in a row was a, a great way to end off my Butterfield career. And is there a reason why you think you kicked on so late in the season, three in a row, like you said? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, at the beginning of the year, we just really didn't have our package together. Uh, things weren't, weren't fantastic yet with the with the way our bike setup was and things. And as as the year progressed, we, we made big improvements with the bike and a lot of things got uh, much better. And uh, as soon as as soon as we, we got our uh, our package to, into a strong a strong place, there was And how do you reflect on the past five five years with your team? I mean, how do you sum up your time? Yeah, I mean, when I started with the Red Bull KTM, I I was uh, still, still really. I didn't accomplish much, and um, the, the last five years, I've learned so much. Um, I, I'm really, really thankful to have such a great team uh, behind me, and they've supported me for so many years now. Uh, things have been incredible. You know, uh, I've won a, one, a world championship with them, mm-hmm. and uh, we've done the last three years in Moto2, and things have been getting better and better. And Brad, you also said that uh, it's a happy set or a happy time for you. What makes it uh, bittersweet? for you uh, you know I, the only thing I really feel like I still wanted to accomplish was win the Moto 2 World Championship which mm. this year um, we, we, we missed out on finishing three points from yeah. first place so uh, it was a very narrow gap but um, at the end of the day you know I'm on to bigger and better things I'm on to, to racing Moto GP which has always been my dream and my goal so I just got to stay focused keep my head down and uh try and work my way through the through the field in MotoGP. Well, you left them with the perfect gift, a win I mean, that last race there, so uh, there shouldn't be too many complaints. But you must be buzzing now, like you said, going into MotoGP against the world's best next season. Have you set yourself any targets? Uh, so far, I haven't really thought about targets too much. Um, I've already had the first test on the bike on Monday and Tuesday, mm-hmm. and it's completely different to anything I've ever ridden before. The, the horsepower is incredible. And um, the way you ride the bike is so different. So 
I've got a lot of learning to do, but um, you know, I really want to take my time, learn, learn things well. Don't um, do anything crazy and go and hurt myself. And uh, I, I've always, I've never been the quickest starter, but I always get there in the end. So uh, I just want to work hard, stay focused, and let's see where how things progress throughout next year. So is that what you're doing now this week? Testing, practicing. Is there no rest? Yes, yeah, straight straight after the race, um, I started on the Monday already with the new team. Sure. Uh, we we did the official test on Tuesday and Wednesday, and after that, after that, um, we went from here to. Well, I came back to my house in Spain, and uh, we heading through to Jerez for mm. another two days of, of testing. Wow. And have you been able to see some of the reaction on social media? I mean, they were calling you our boyki. Someone was saying I'm getting goosebumps every time uh, Brad Binza wins or, or race. And there was another tweet that says Brad Binza does it again. Our Siabonga says what a season for our boy. There's just been so much reaction. Uh, somebody said cannot wait to shout out for Brad Binza in MotoGP next year. What do you make of the reaction and what do you want to say to the people here at home? Yeah, it's truly unbelievable. The amount of support I have at home is is absolutely incredible. It's uh, so 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 crazy. I I can't believe how how much support I have in South Africa and how much the people back me. So uh, all I can really say is thank you so much for the support, and I hope to make everyone proud. And you sure? I'm sure you will. You've already made us proud, Brad. And thank you very much for flying the flag high and for always finding time uh, to speak to us here on SAFM in South Africa. And we wish you all the best till we chat again next year. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks very much, Brad Binder there, our star in MotoGP racing against the big boys and next year. Looking forward to that and we're definitely going to be cheering him on. Uh, that's it then from us. Um, it doesn't look like players back in Centurion between the Deb and Heat and uh, Tswane Spartans are there. Uh, it could be another washed out match. These teams have had two washouts in uh, three matches. Uh, they've only played one match each so far uh, this uh, season. So hopefully the rain will stay away then for the rest of the Mzansi um, Super League but we're going to have to uh, leave it there thanks to everybody we couldn't get through all those voice notes Kumani I see uh, your voice note here and the other voice notes that have come through uh, but unfortunately we just couldn't get through everything but we're back again tomorrow uh, it's an early start on a Friday 6 to 7 p.m. it's Flashback Fridays on SAFM Spot On with me Tabi Somosia.